Hello out there. We're on the air. Welcome back. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the 88 Sats radio channel, the daily Bitcoin journey, actionable and logical discussion for Bitcoiners and for future Bitcoiners. Happy Monday. What a Monday it is. What a Monday it's been. Had some technical issues. Again, I don't know. It just seems like every time 750 rolls around, things just stop working. My, my You guys would be thankful that I fix things because the, the camera here, it was like a 10 times zoom on the screen. So it was like just my face. So I had to restart, had to unplug, but it usually fixes most things. The old, the old restart fix. <laughs> Anyways, we're here. Johnny's here. Crypto Heathen's here. Rock Roll is here. And this, the title today is Bitcoin is the apex, apex predator. And I'm sure most people are going to think that it's Monday morning and that was an error, but it's not. That was by design. <laughs> oh, I think it's going to be a good show today. So let's start with the metrics. So let's start there, like we usually do. Um, it is Monday, so I forget how to do that. But we did have some some happenings this weekend for sure. And we're going to talk about that. Hold on, I'm going to switch the screen. I don't want to give away any. There we go. Okay. Well, we hit another milestone in the blockchain this morning. The block height is 830146. So we crossed another 10,000 blocks, just casually. Casually crossed another 10,000 blocks. So we're in the 830,000s now. If you're transacting on the Bitcoin Layer 1 network, you're paying about 13 sats per V-byte, which is the lowest it's been probably in the last six months, I would say. So thankfully, I took advantage of this over the weekend. I had a couple transactions to move and some wallets to consolidate. And I must say, even at these rates, even at the 11, 12, 13 sats per V-byte, one of the transactions I was going to send was going to cost over $100. And the reason for that, the reason why it was going to cost $100 is because I... It was one of those wallets where just every week or every two weeks, I'd put in a small amount. So I, I had a ton of UTXOs. And so I still didn't do it. I got to figure out a better way to do it. But it's just insane how, how much that adds up. And I think that when people are getting into Bitcoin, the first thing that we're usually told is to dollar cost average. Just the way that Bitcoin works, because it's so up and down, the dollar cost average route is the best in terms of getting the, the best price, but in terms of the UTXOs, it's a nightmare. So something to consider there, your UTXOs, pay attention to that. And if you do have any to consolidate, I would strongly suggest doing it today. 11 sats per rebyte. We may never see that again. I don't know, we probably will. Good morning, Franny. Good morning, Sachi. Back in Manitoba, the Mexico trip wrapped up. Well, similar to when my, I got back a couple weeks ago, minus five, that's never a bad way to come back into Manitoba from Mexico. 
ever. So be thankful there. I'm hope hopefully you had a good trip there. The people we're looking for, Franny on Noster. So she is on YouTube. She's commenting. So if you want to check her out, I don't know if she has a channel or not, but there you go. Good morning. Daniel has consolidated. There we go. That's what we want. So today, actually, before we do that, let's get uh, let's get this off the screen. No, nope, we're not going to do that. We got the metric still. <laughs> okay, we talked about the block height, 830141. Sats are cheap. Fees are cheap. The price, though, is high. The highest it's been for a very long time, 48032 US dollars. I think the amount of time it's spent over 45000 combined, even though it went up to 69000 the actual time that it's spent above 45000 has been very minimal. So good times right now. I should also mention that I was kind of looking at the 2020 halving coming up and the months leading up to the halving in 2020. The last halving was May 2020. And I don't know if this is going to be any sort of indication or not, because there's lots of things that are different today than it was then. But it's hard to bet against the history of Bitcoin. But it looked like the price ran up in February of 2020. And then in March, it crashed down to about 50% of what it was. And then the halving happened and then it just went crazy after that. So not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying to prepare for it. And the main thing we can do, kind of the, one of the themes of this show is just to, to manage the emotions, manage the expectations and really understand what Bitcoin is and, and what we're holding here. And I think if you can comprehend that, you're going to have a much easier journey ahead. And this is a great point in the chat. Remember the big boys, BlackRock and friends just scooped up 5% of the total supply and they're not stopping. They're not stopping ever. And they're not selling ever. That took about a month or less for them to eat up 5% of the total supply of Bitcoin. And it looks like the majority of the Bitcoin has been drained from the Grayscale Trust. All the people who are tired of paying a very high management fee, a lot of that's moved over into the new ETFs. And so I think that between what we're talking about here, between the how much they're eating up right now, plus the halving coming up, I'd say we got quite the supply shock incoming. Uh, Rick's in the house. Good morning, Rick. I'm sure he's going to do it, but just in case he doesn't, make sure to press the like button today. The The channel's been buzzing the last little while. I don't know if it's because the price is running up or what's going on, but lots of views, lots of new people on the channel. It's good to see. We're talking about the right things here, in, in my opinion. Okay, so that's the metrics. Oh, no, it's not. Jesus. Last year, this time, 21774 was the price of Bitcoin. Four years ago, you could have purchased one Bitcoin for 10347 US dollars. And the Moscow time today, which is the equivalent of one US dollar, equals 2,084 sats. And that's inching closer to getting below 2,000 there, the Moscow time, which is also rare. In Canada today, two... Uh, 
why does this say 2023? That's an error. Or fix that going forward to prevent any confusion. The price today in Canada, 64,587 Canadian monopoly dollars. Mushja time, the equivalent of Moscow time. <clears throat> Named after the infamous city in Saskatchewan. One loonie today will get you 1,547 sats. Which means you'll get about 3,000 sats for a toonie. The coin with the polar bear on it. Which is going to tie in today a little bit. The polar bears. Okay, but before we do that, I'm going to just quickly change this around so we can... Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. Okay, well, I'm going to bring it back up. We'll have to switch it again. But I did want to start the show with one thing. And that is WTF. What the fuck is this? No, not this. <laughs> Where is that? No, right here. What is this? And I thought this was a Photoshop this morning when I woke up. Somebody posted it on one of the, might have been Telegram. But anyways, this is a tweet from the guy in, the guy pretending to be the president of the United States, Joe Biden. Just like we drew it up with laser eyes. What? This was tweeted at 9.50 p.m. last night, which is way past Joe's bedtime. It has 100 million views. And he has laser eyes. I don't know how to feel about this. And so I'm not going to comment on it because I really have no idea what to feel, how to feel about this. Um, so, yeah, that's the first thing we're going to start with here. I'm going to take this down. And I'm going to look for, I have to uh, find something here quickly. Okay, let's go to, so that happened last night. Also, the Super Bowl was on. I don't know if anybody had a chance to watch the game. Personally, I didn't. But I did see a few highlights from it. And one of those highlights I'm going to bring up here in just a sec. If I can figure out how to do this. Sorry, just give me one sec here. Wasn't fully prepared on this Monday morning. Okay, before we do, maybe I'll highlight this. Well, this is on UTXOs. I don't know if somebody in the chat wants to comment on this or not. This isn't loading. The computer is humming. we're not going to touch on UTXOs. That's going to be a different conversation. I'm actually going to do a three-part series on UTXOs on the, on the Patreon in the next couple of weeks, because it is important. And I think that the fees are at a really good place right now in terms of this is the time to be consolidating. Okay. Come on here. What is going on? There we go. Okay. Here's what happened at the Super Bowl last night. The best ad of the night. 
our good pal Jack Dorsey sitting in a booth with, I think Beyonce was in there too. Jay-Z is in there. But Jack is wearing the Satoshi shirt. So millions upon millions of people saw the Satoshi shirt. And I think that the majority of people, the general public knows who Satoshi is. Maybe not. But regardless, this is the second year in a row Jack was at the Super Bowl rocking the Satoshi shirt in a booth with Jay-Z and Beyonce. And personally, I'm not a huge fan of Beyonce. Jay-Z, I like his music. I don't know what they're all about, to be honest with you. But Jack and on the podcast we watched last week about Jack Dorsey, the discussion with Jack Dorsey, he actually spent about five minutes talking about Africa in that and stranded energy and how him and Jay-Z actually set up a, a Bitcoin fund. This was years ago now, but they set up a Bitcoin fund. They sent 500 Bitcoin to an organization in Africa and the organization they're trusting this 500 Bitcoin with, and they're going to kind of disperse it out within the communities there to help grow and to help invest back into their communities in Africa. So I thought that was pretty cool. He just casually threw it out there in the interview that him and Jay-Z sent 500 Bitcoin to an, organi an organization in Africa. So that was pretty sweet. Let's get rid of that. Uh, I think that's it in terms of the articles. Now I'm going to bring up a quick vid. We're bouncing everywhere today. Um, okay, I'll take that away for a sec. <clears throat> okay, apologies. We're a little scrambly today, but that's okay. So the title of today's show is called Bitcoin is the Apex Apex Predator. And the reason it's called that is because I saw that I came across this video on the weekend. I think it's an older video, but it's, it's two minutes. I think his name's Trace Mayer. And this was kind of before my time in Bitcoin. I think Trace was a pretty big Bitcoiner uh, on the internet influencer, I guess you'd say, but it's two minutes. He's talking about Bitcoin and how anything that come comes up against Bitcoin has been defeated. So we're going to watch this. We're going to talk about it. <clears throat> But I thought it was pretty timely because in the last in the last week, I guess you'd say, uh, we ran out of things to watch on Netflix. I don't love watching things on Netflix, but in February in Manitoba, there's not a whole else lot. There's not a whole lot else to do. So we started watching this series called Predator. And it's about different predators within their domain. It's kind of like a Planet Earth style documentary. It's really interesting, actually. There's a little bit of wokeness to it. There's a show about polar bears on there, which I was talking about with the Toonie. Uh, but there's polar bears on there, and they're talking about how hard it's becoming for them to hunt seals now because of climate change. And how there's fires now in Africa. So there's a little bit of that climate change propaganda bullshit to it. But the story itself is just following these different predators in their own domains. And so I thought... What a good opportunity to be talking about in terms of Bitcoin 
and how Bitcoin is the apex predator. But it's not only the apex predator of its domain, it is the apex predator of all domains. And so we're going to watch this video quick. It's two minutes long, and then we'll talk about it. There be myself. Investors, they think in terms of decades. You know, speculators, traders, like they think in terms of days and weeks and months. Like hodlers of last resort, they have a long time horizon. Long. And so, you know, like if you're just here to get rich quick and you have no you have no mental investment and you can't control your emotions and you have no discipline, you're going to get wrecked. But if, but if you've got like, you know, if you've got a long time horizon and your time preference has changed because you understand the nature of the soundest, hardest money that the world has ever seen. I mean, in 18 months, it's going to have a lower inflation rate than gold. I mean, this, and it's extensible. And the current system, like what money is, it's going to die. Like the current system is a burning platform. So like where, where's everybody going to go? And so this is the hardest, soundest money that the world has ever known. And like, so how low can it really go? I mean, it's up, it's up 100% from 18 months ago. Bitcoin is the apex predator. How do you kill this thing? You slice it in half with Mt. Gox and it's like comes back and is like 20 times the size and fully healed. You try the same thing with 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 Bcash and it like the same thing happens. It's 20 20x bigger. Like, I mean, this Bitcoin thing is a behemoth, like it is an apex predator that is built to just survive. And then it's, you know, it just takes territory in terms of the world's wealth. Uh, it's a black hole on the world's balance sheet. Pretty interesting. Am I on mute? No, I'm good. So pretty interesting. I, I do think that this video is older, just kind of based on what he's saying there and the what he's referring to but let's talk about this a little bit further because he said that you know the harder you come at bitcoin the more it accelerates it seems like and so i got a couple examples here that i want to talk through and then we're going to go take it at one step further so he talked about mount gox and this was i don't even know what year this was but this was quite early on in bitcoin and fun fact about mount gox is that <laughs> to Mt. Gox, I never knew what it stood for. It sounds like a mountain. It sounds like a very um, illustrious mountaintop that everybody wants to get to, Mt. Gox. But in reality, Mt. Gox actually stands for Magic the Gathering Online Exchange. So tell me that nerds weren't... Peak nerds weren't the first ones into Bitcoin. And usually you want to follow whatever the nerds are doing. That's usually the best piece of advice. First of all, whatever your <clears throat> first piece of advice, whatever your government tells you to do, do the exact opposite of that. Second piece of advice, whatever the nerds are doing, do that. 
And so Mt. Gox, Magic the Gathering online exchange, they started off with magic cards and they found Bitcoin and they started exchanging Bitcoin online. And there's many documentaries about this, so I'm not getting into the full details, but they ended up going tits up. And so all the all the Bitcoin got locked up within Mt. Gox. And it, the, U, the U.S. government actually still holds a significant amount of these coins. I think they've been selling it off in auction for the last couple of years, but they still hold a significant amount of these Mt. Gox coins. And so at this time, I think the price of Bitcoin was like $100. And they still have these Bitcoin locked up. And I think that they're going to pay the Bitcoin holders back, but it's going to be a very, very small amount of time or amount of percentage of it. So they paid a hundred. I don't know if they're actually going to get a hundred dollars worth or like a very small portion of the Bitcoin now, but it's still insane. So Mt. Gox was one. Uh, second one. Silk Road might have actually come before this, but these were kind of two very early on blowups within Bitcoin. Silk Road and Mt. Gox. I think that the guy from Silk Road is actually still in jail for setting up a. All he did was set up an exchange. He was he didn't he was just a facilitator, I guess. And I think that it's very unfair and unreasonable the fact that he's still in prison today for that. I forget his name. I can see his face. So those were kind of the two early on scandals within Bitcoin. And of course, it progressed. We got to, a couple years ago, we got to FTX, where everything went. I mean, Bitcoin was at 69,000, and then all of a sudden it dropped a little, and then FTX happened, and then it went down to 15,000 price-wise. Yes, thank you. Ross. Lots of people still protesting for Ross and still it's it's kind of crazy that he's still in jail because all he did was create an exchange using Bitcoin and people could find each other on there, buyers and sellers. So he wasn't actually holding any of the inventory that was being sold on the website, but because he was kind of the public face of it, he was the one who got who went down for it. So just in terms of that, I think that through the last 10 years since Silk Road, I think that people have learned a lot from that. And you see things like Pablo, no, not Pablo, Fiat Jeff from Noster. He was actually the one who created the Noster protocol, but he's he's not a public face. So he created this protocol, Noster, which we're big fans of on the show. But he's never really, nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows where he's from. And there's tools now available online that allow you to do that. With, between VPNs and other different uh, services to be used, you can... If you really want to, you can hide your identity. I don't think that Ross did that, uh, but that's not the point. I think that lots has been learned since then, but that's all part of the, the process here. So there's FTX, there's the China ban, where China banned mining back in 2021. And so when China banned mining, the total hash rate basically dropped in half. And for the next probably three, four months, it slowly started climbing. But since then, and I wonder if I can bring this up here, if it'll work. Uh, since then, I I just want to show you kind of, uh, oh, of course, that's gone. What happened since they banned mining in China? 
So this is the hash rate for the last 15 years. You can see up till 2017, it's basically like a flat line. That was just the nerds mining Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden, Bitcoin started getting some traction. And people like me, like you, and big companies started to invest significantly into Bitcoin mining. So then here in May 2021, a year after the halving of 2020, China banned Bitcoin mining. And you can see what happened. It fell. The total hash rate basically dropped in half. It went from 175 down to 102. So pretty much in half. But then you see what happens after that. Within the next year, it got back to even. And then <laughs> here, which is where we currently sit. And we're at an all-time high right now. So that's another example of Bitcoin as the apex, apex predator. And then, of course, you have the media and you have the all these different organizations like the World Economic Forum who have been, for the last 15 years, just attacking Bitcoin. And what's come of it? For the most part, every time that the media or these organizations attack Bitcoin, it seems like Bitcoiners just spin it in a way that's laughable. They turn it into a meme and they just kind of like prove the fact that everything that they're, that they're saying is bullshit. Don't take them seriously. We're just going to laugh about it. So Bitcoin has been killed many, many times already. Mt. Gox, Silk Road, FTX, the China ban, and a 15-year narrative against Bitcoin. But it's still here. And not only is it still here, the hash rate has never been higher than it is today. And so people have learned and will continue to learn and governments and all these different organizations that they can't fight Bitcoin. The best that they can do is embrace Bitcoin. And I think that that applies to countries, organizations, individuals. You can't fight Bitcoin. You have to embrace it. And the more you fight it, the harder it's going to kick your ass. But I think that, I think that, uh, sorry, I'm kind of neglecting the chat a little bit here today, but I want to kind of stay on track. Um, I think that that's great. Everybody here watching the show, and if, you know, there's people who are new to the show, everybody kind of understands what's going on here in terms of Bitcoin. But the point I wanted to raise here is that Bitcoin is the apex predator is only when you're holding it yourself. And I want you to think of holding a Bitcoin ETF like a lion in the zoo. So we're comparing Bitcoin to the apex predator, which I would say is the lion. And a Bitcoin ETF is basically like a lion being in the zoo. Because it's still a lion, it's still going to get fed. In fact, it gets fed probably better than the lines in the wild doesn't have to work for any of its food can just hang out relax lay in the sun and be in a zoo be taken care of but the problem there even though it's still a lion is that it doesn't have the freedom it doesn't have the permission if it wants to leave the zoo it can't and how long would it actually survive outside of the zoo if it wanted to so the lion would have to ask permission to leave the zoo and it's the same with Bitcoin. If you're holding a Bitcoin ETF, 
you're going to have to ask somebody permission to take that out. And in good times, in good days like today, in normal times, that's easy to do. But you never know what's going to happen, especially in an election year. So what I would suggest is that if you are somebody who's into Bitcoin, maybe you have some Bitcoin ETF and you think that you're kind of taking part of this whole thing. I would suggest holding on, holding on to it in there for as long as it takes for you to learn how to hold that Bitcoin. Because none of this, none of this makes, none of this is going to work if we're all holding Bitcoin in, e, in an ETF. That's not what this was designed to do. And so think about that, I guess, as we move forward, think about starting to slowly over time, start trading that Bitcoin ETF. You're, you probably have it in a decent fund, whether that's a TFSA or RSP. But slowly start moving that Bitcoin ETF into actual Bitcoin. The Bitcoin that you don't need anybody's permission for. And if you really want to hold this asset, and like Trace said there, the, and he said it in a very funny way where he's laughing about it, but it's the truth. The, the old system is coming down. We're watching it happen day by day. It's not going to be something that just happens overnight. It's not a switch that gets flipped and all of a sudden, we're in this new system. This happens slowly and it's happening slowly. You don't have to look further than the grocery stores to see that this is happening slowly. So that system is collapsing. The fiat dollar is going down day by day, week by week, and Bitcoin is the lifeboat there. But if you're holding the Bitcoin ETF, you're essentially part of that system that's going down. And even though you're going to have some price exposure to Bitcoin, you're still trusting that with somebody else. And I think that these next couple of years are not going to be the time you want to be trusting too many people. You want to get your assets in your own possession where you can physically hold them. And although you can't hold Bitcoin, if you have the keys to that Bitcoin, if you're, you're the only person who can access that Bitcoin, you are holding it. So that was kind of the main point I wanted to drive home today. In terms of the Bitcoin and and taking some of your ETF proceeds and actually buying the Bitcoin. But the second part of this is that on Nostra yesterday, there's a post. I, I don't know what to call it, a tweeted or posted, but I posted what's the most <clears throat> underrated aspect of Bitcoin. And there's a ton of really good responses. And maybe before we get into this, I will say. That if you're somebody who is wanting to learn about Bitcoin, there is no better place you can be hanging out right now than Noster. And you could even create like an anonymous account and just get on there, start making some connections, start asking some questions. Because there are, I think that, uh, that Noster is the new version of Google. Have you tried Googling anything lately? It's pure shit. Like it is, if you actually want to find something on the internet, Google is not the place to find it anymore. It's just become ads. The first 10 results are just ads. It's the New York Times, the Bloomberg, the CNBC. That's all you see. And you actually have to go like five or six pages, if it's even there, to find what you're looking for. And I don't know if anybody else has noticed that before or lately, 
but Google is shit. So most people have turned to like Reddit, but I think the Noster is actually the new search engine that people will be using. Combine this with AI in the next couple of years. And I think that this is going to be, if you want any sort of actual information, unfiltered information, Noster is the place. So the question was, what's the most underrated aspect of Bitcoin? <clears throat> and somebody replied with the fact that it, 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 the fact that it is permissionless, the fact that you can self custody and be your own bank. I don't know if it's the most underrated aspect. Well, maybe by those who are just in for the God candle, but in my opinion, the most important aspect together with the 21 million cap. And at the start of the show, we talked about consolidating UTXOs and how I moved a little bit around this weekend. And I never get tired of sending a Bitcoin transaction. You can go into your wallet, your Sparrow wallet. You just copy and paste wherever you want to send it. You click send, you click sign, and you broadcast it to the entire network. And it's a feeling like, I don't know, it's 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 very different than what we're used to because you don't have to ask anybody's permission. You don't have to check with the banks. You don't have to do anything. You just send it to whoever you want. And it is permissionless. It's It's permissionless even in the sense that if I wanted to send you Bitcoin, I don't even need your permission to send it. And the interview we watched last week, Preston was talking about that. But I don't even need your permission to send it, never mind the banks or anybody else's involved here or Visa. If I had your Bitcoin receive address, your public address, I could send you Bitcoin without your permission. So kind of where I'm going with this is that underneath that comment, Gigi, and I'm sure most people within Bitcoin, if you haven't heard of Gigi, you should today. That's your one uh, task for today is look into Gigi and Bitcoin. He's a very deep thinker, very philosopher. Uh, he's a philosopher, a Bitcoin philosopher, essentially. Very smart. But he left a comment underneath that one. And he said, taking control of the Bitcoin and the 21 million go hand in hand. If nobody takes control, the 21 million falls easily. So he's basically saying that, yes, Bitcoin is permissionless as we're using it right now. But if Bitcoin, if these ETFs, if these big corporations continue to accumulate Bitcoin and all of a sudden that's what it becomes is just another tool, another product that they can sell, then it falls, it fails. And we should be taking this seriously because if, if we let the big banks, if we let, and we don't have a choice really, if they want to buy Bitcoin, they have, that's, or they can, that's the beauty of Bitcoin, that it's for everybody, it's for enemies. So we can't stop them from buying Bitcoin and they, they aren't going to stop. What we can do is get as many people like us, the average people into Bitcoin as soon as we can. And we want the majority of these coins to be held by us because this is the only way that the system is actually going to work, Bitcoin, as it's designed to be. So taking control and the 21 million go hand in hand. If nobody takes control, the 21 million falls easily. Pretty cool. Just that whole thing is just cool to me. The fact that, you know, Noster exists. 
It is the new Google. I think if you want any information, actual accurate information, unbiased, go to Noster. And then you have guys like Gigi commenting on these posts and, and taking it a step further. You can find so much information in the comments on Noster. So that's that. And with, with Gigi, <clears throat> I'm actually going to be doing something in the next month. Uh, I'm going to be, Gigi wrote a book called 21 Things, Lessons I've Learned from Going Down the Bitcoin Rabbit Hole. I'm going to be taking that book. I have a copy of it here. We're going to be going through maybe once a week or twice a week. We're going to be going through 21 things, one, one at a time. Talking about the highlights within that chapter and kind of just talking through it. And at the end of it, we're actually going to do a little contest. I don't, I don't know the, what it's going to look like yet, but somebody's going to win the book. They're going to win. One of these guys, if I can get it out, one of these little fellas, an open dime. This is essentially a Bitcoin wallet that I'll load up with some Bitcoin and I'll send it with the book to somebody. And there's one, th oh, and then just uh, to top it off, just a nice King Golf hat for you. So that's going to be in the next month, we're going to be running a little contest on this show here. And it's going to be focused around GG, his book, 21 things, and we're just, or 21 lessons, I think it is, sorry. But we're just going to go through one at a time, one day at a time, and we're going to talk about it. Because he is, from my experience, probably one of the people I've learned most for from in terms of the actual overall concept of Bitcoin, like the holistic view of Bitcoin and where it's going to go in the future what it looks like. Gigi is a, I would say he's kind of a futurist, but he's a very involved Bitcoiner. So that's that. What else are we going to talk about here today? I think that's it in terms of the apex predator stuff with Bitcoin. Two, two more things I want to just throw out there and then we're going to talk about something at the end. But the first one is that, uh, I want everybody out there who's watching this today to review your security setup. And we talked about this before, but, uh, you know, you have to hear things a couple of times and hear why you need to actually do it. <clears throat> because if you're somebody who's just getting into Bitcoin and you're learning the ropes and you get your wallet set up, you get your 12 word backup phrase there. And then all of a sudden you go a month and then two months and you're watching the Bitcoin price, you're checking your wallet and another couple months go by, but then something happens to your phone or something happens to your laptop. Maybe the, you get the black screen of death. And all of a sudden you have to go find your backup phrase. And it's very easy to write it down. It's very easy to put it in a location, but the hard part is knowing where that is. And you have to keep this top of mind. Because I had a small, <laughs> not a panic attack, but I, I had a thought over the weekend. I set up this device. I added a, a second layer of security to it. And so this was a little bit out of my usual in terms of my, my security process. And I hadn't reviewed it for the last month or two. And I just, all I did yesterday, Sunday, I just took about half an hour. I looked at my setup. 
I looked at the device. I made sure that I could access it. I, I made sure that I could actually get into this device. And the second layer on top of that, I made sure that I could get into that because this, this was something that was new to me. And I just wanted to make sure that I didn't let six months go by and forget how to do it. Because could you imagine in the next year, two years, the price of Bitcoin starts going up as we expected to do. And you can see your Bitcoin in your wallet and you go to move it. You, you know, every week or every day, even you check your balance, you see it's going up and up and up. And all of a sudden you want to go move that Bitcoin and you can't. So imagine staring at a screen with your Bitcoin on it and you can't actually move it because you set it up and you took way too much time in between the setup and reviewing that setup and you completely forgot how to do it, completely forgot where the backup phrase is or the pin code is. And all of a sudden you're, you're locked out of your wallet and you can't move that Bitcoin out of there. So something to consider this week or this weekend coming up, make sure that you just take a look at your security process. You log in, you enter your pin code in, you just go through the motion of it just to keep it top of mind. Cause you never know when you're going to actually going to need that backup phrase. It's going to be under a very stressful situation and you want to make sure that you have it like the back of your hand. Okay. Next part here. It is Monday. We're 40 minutes into it. But every Monday that I'm going to, that I remember, I'm going to pose this question to everybody. And the question is, ask yourself, if I got one thing done this week that would make it a success, what would that one thing be? So after the show, I want you to think about that. And every Monday we're going to go through this question, but I think that it is important because me personally, I have a couple things that are very important to me. And, and as the weeks, as the days go by, as the weeks go by, those things only get more stressful as you put them, as you keep pushing them aside. And so every Monday, ask yourself the question, if I got one thing done this week that would make it a successful week, what would that thing be? Think about it and then write it down. And either do it this morning and get it done with. Because, I mean, if, if that's the truth, if that one thing getting done would make your week a success and you got it done on Monday morning, imagine what your week's going to look like after that. You're not going to be carrying that around anymore. And I'm not an expert at this. But I'm the furthest from it. But I wanted, I wanted to talk about it with you. I want this to be a reminder for myself. And I think that if you write it down, if you look at it, the more and more you see it, the more and more you are likely to actually do that thing. That's one thing I've learned is that you write something down, you review it every day, it becomes your reality. So very simply, one thing this week, get that done, and then you're going to enjoy the rest of your week. Franny's got the book from Gigi, 21 Lessons. I have read some of it online. It's actually available for free online. That's just the, the kind of guy that Gigi is. He believes in the it's for sale, but you can also download for free if you don't have enough money to buy it. So that's what I wanted to pose on Monday. Write that down and get it done today. The last thing here, and this is something new. So we're going to see how this goes. 
And for the last couple months, I'm sure for anybody who's been showing up every morning, first of all, I appreciate that very much. But the second part is that I've kind of been talking about what's coming in terms of the Bitcoin journey and, and some plans coming down the road. And so for the, for the last couple months, <clears throat> I have been designing this 21 day Bitcoin course, which is going to tie into the 21 lessons a little bit. Uh, so that's done now. It's available. If anybody out there is interested, you can go to bitcoinjourney.ca. But I also set up a Patreon show or a Patreon membership. And within that, it's actually going to have all the videos from the course. But on top of that, it's going to have a few more things. And that's what I want to talk about here. So initially, I set up a, a tier within the Patreon just called support. So if anybody's been watching, if anybody's getting any sort of value from the show in terms of the YouTube show, the daily show, the podcast, um, anything, you could just sign up. It was like four bucks a month, just a support level. But I, I just think that instead of doing that, I want to actually do something that you're going to get value from. Because if you're giving money to somebody, even though, you know, I just want you to feel like you're getting some sort of value here. So I'm going to change that support level. And we're actually going to start doing a secondary show on top of the daily Bitcoin journey. And it's going to be called Living in the Future. So a couple of days a week, we're going to shorten the show to be half an hour. And then for the rest of the hour or an hour on top of that, whatever it takes, we're just going to go through a whole bunch of different scenarios, a bunch of different ideas. Um, who this is going to be focused for is new Bitcoiners. I think it's going to be, if you can just listen, observe, take some of the stuff in for more advanced Bitcoiners, not so much for the technical side, but if you're a business owner, if you're somebody who wants to start earning Bitcoin, if, you, if you're somebody who wants to start utilizing what Bitcoin is, not Bitcoin, the investment, not the ETF, but Bitcoin, how it was designed to be used in terms of the tech, in terms of applications, Noster. And so we're going to do a couple things like this every week. And so a couple things that I that I have in mind here, I got about 25 things going into the future that we're going to be talking about. But how to earn Bitcoin, not by playing solitaire or shaking your phone, but how to earn Bitcoin while you have a full-time job and what you can use to do that. Things that are available today. Starting your own business. If you're, if you're tired of what you're doing every day, start your own business, be a contract worker, and you can start accepting Bitcoin. Business ideas. There's, the world is changing very quickly. And there's a bunch of different ideas in this brain that I don't have time to do. And so I want to just talk about that in this show here. Um, setting up a multi-signature. So if your Bitcoin becomes valuable enough where you need a multi-signature, we're going to go through the setup on one of the shows. Getting non-KYC Bitcoin and, and taking more control of your privacy, taking more responsibility on. Setting up a secondary phone number that you can use for these non-KYC exchanges, non-KYC services. What you need to do that. And, and the reason I want to do it on the Patreon is because I don't really want to be talking about this kind of stuff on YouTube. I want it to be more private because it is, they're not uncomfortable conversations, but they're not conversations I really want to have 
live on the internet. Running a Bitcoin node. Utilizing Noster for yourself, individually, personally, and for your business. Spending Bitcoin. Making a plan, making a strategy. Setting up different funds. Thinking about what you need and how much Bitcoin you'll need in order to pay for those down the road. Using Bitcoin as leverage in the future for your business, for your contract work. If you start accumulating Bitcoin today, think about the leverage you're actually going to have in 10 years from now or five years from now when everybody is going to want to earn Bitcoin. And all of a sudden you have this that you paid cents for and it's worth the purchasing power, the leverage that you have from that Bitcoin into the future. What is that worth? And then there was a comment in the chat about UTXO management. So not only are we going to be explaining things on this show, we're not going to ex explain what UTXOs are. We're actually going to talk through different scenarios in terms of if you had 10 UTXOs worth a million each and you had to spend X, or you had one UTXO worth 10 million and you had to spend X. So we talk about this quite often on here, the fact that we need to be one day at a time moving from the old system into the new system. And so that that's what this show is basically going to facilitate. Living in the future, moving into the future. And the support level, I think it was like four or five bucks a month just for anybody who wanted to do it. And I actually want to keep that same price point for this. I want anybody who is interested in diving into Bitcoin, learning more about Bitcoin, starting a business and accepting Bitcoin and just different ideas, different thought provoking discussions. And I think that for the price tag, it's going to be like four or five bucks per month. It's not going to be about the money. It's going to be about the initiative, the community, the network <clears throat> and what we can do with it. I want to kind of have different people if there's business owners who start signing up for this, I want to bring people onto the, the Patreon show, talk about their business, how they set up with Bitcoin, how they've been earning Bitcoin, how they do their tax returns with Bitcoin. And so I really want to utilize the network within this. So I want to make it very affordable for anybody who wants to be involved in it. So that's the idea here. Twice, Once or twice a week, we're going to do a, a show on top of this. It'll be a layer two show called living in the future. And we're actually going to be basically for that time every week, we're going to be living in the future in terms of measuring things in Bitcoin, accepting Bitcoin, spending Bitcoin, different Bitcoin resources, and what we can utilize to really take advantage of this very small window that we have here. So I want you to consider that. I was going to do a show today, but I figured I would just kind of give everybody a warning, a heads up for it. And as soon as the show is done here, I'm actually going to go switch that in Patreon from the support level into living in the future. So if that sounds like anything you'd be interested in, consider doing it. I think it's going to be, I think people are going to get a ton of value from it. And I'm very excited to start doing it because that's kind of background here. I'm not the most technical guy. I'm not the smartest guy, but I have a ton of, of really good ideas and, and I would say a pretty good vision of, of kind of what's coming here. And so if you're interested in that, make sure you head to bitcoinjourney.ca. You can find the Patreon there. And probably in the next 20 minutes or so, I'll have that set up for the living in the future. It'll be like four or five bucks a month. Very, 
very reasonably priced. Skip your talk. Skip your Starbucks for once a month. On the way back from Mexico, I was very thirsty. It was like five in the morning and I wanted a coffee. I paid seven US dollars for one Starbucks iced coffee. It was in an airport in Cancun, but seven US dollars I paid for one coffee. So I, I really want to provide a ton of value for this for a very reasonably uh, reasonable price. And I want anybody who's interested in being a part of this to sign up. And I think if we, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do yet in terms of the signups. I was going to do an offer for the first like X amount of people who signed up, but I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of doing something like that, almost like a founder's type bonus that you'll get for signing up. So I don't have that figured out yet, but check it out. So I'm going to leave it there. And I apologize once again for neglecting the chat today, but I had lost to say. The only thing that worries me about this cycle is wor World War Three. <clears throat> I think we're already in World War Three for one. I also think that there is going to be some sort of major event that happens this year, good or bad, probably bad. But what we have to keep in mind is we have no control over that. Whatever happens, we have absolutely no control over that. We, we do, however, though, have control over how we prepare for that. So get yourself some water, get a couple flats of water, get some propane, get some meat, take a couple hundred bucks. Consider this an investment in your World War III fund. Get some, get whatever you need to defend yourself and get some Bitcoin. Because even if World War III were to happen, even if World War III broke out this year, if you had it in a, if you had it in a Bitcoin ETF, there's no guarantee that it would belong to you once everything came back on. If you hold Bitcoin in your own wallet, in your own device, in your own cold card, when things come back on, that Bitcoin is still going to belong to you. So kind of what we talked about there, the Mt. Gox, the Silk Road, the FTX, all of these things caused, it slowed Bitcoin down, but everybody still has their Bitcoin. Bitcoin is still chugging along one block at a time, 830,000 blocks actually to be to be exact so you can't control whether there's a world war or not but you can control how you prepare for that so consider all that consider getting some bitcoin and consider putting that into your cold storage and, and part of this living in the future is actually going to be you know the use of a passphrase proper private key management all of these things we're going to just talk about a couple times a week to keep it at the top of your mind the coming AI will exponentially help entrepreneurs. Yep, people are scared of AI, but I think that if we can figure out how to utilize that best, and sorry to keep going back to the show here, but this is a prime example of living in the future. AI is going to be real. It's here already. People are using it. And we're going to be talking about things like AI in this show, living in the future, and how to utilize that. As an average person with a business, how can you utilize AI? What tools are out there? How do you create a, an ad for your business? 
we're going to go through all these things together. And so if you're somebody out there who is going through the same thing or who wants to learn how to do this, that's what we're going to be doing on the Patreon show. So like I said, if you're interested in that, if that sounds like something that you're into, that would benefit you, then check it out. Bitcoinjourney.ca, it'll take you to the Patreon. And in the next 10 or 20 minutes, I'll, I'll make that change. So with that, I was going to end with Joe Biden's laser eyes, but I think we can. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. Just like we drew it up, as as Bitcoin Biden says, the most random thing I've seen so far this year. And I'm sure we'll, <laughs> I'm sure we'll never know who did this or what it means, but I would say that it's a pretty positive sign for what's coming here. Just my opinion. So that is that. If you are, uh, if you are wanting to join the Patreon, I'll put it at the very top the description below here you can easily get there and if you have any feedback about the show about the patreon some ideas you want to be involved i've had a couple guys actually email me saying that they want to help out with the show and and kind of with the next steps here so 88 sats at proton.me have the best monday of your life today and if you <laughs> oh, i won't say that I got to watch what I say a little bit because I, I still have to remember that I'm live on the internet. So have the best Monday of your life today. Spend it with the people you love, doing things that you love. And we'll see you right back here first thing tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.